0: Welcome to Witham Sounding Board, a podcast sharing powerful business tips, insights, and trends for those seeking to become a rock star in their industry. Welcome back.
1: Wally and Kim, good to see you. Hi, everyone. This is Joe Ritchie from Witham's Management Consulting Practice. I'm joined with Wally Mercus and Kim Gordon, and I think we're going to pick up from our first uh, discussion where we we're talking about software, uh, take me to the cloud strategy, I think we, you know, we dangled that a little bit. And so I think that's where I'm going to kick off uh, our our conversation today is about the the strategy piece, okay, in terms of services. And for us, it's quite, it's really easy, right? When I think about us, not just our advisory practice, but anyone in with them, right? So we just wake up every day and we have to think about how we're going to help a client grow and succeed. For many of our clients, we've been talking to them about modernization. I think even if you Google that word modernization, you're gonna come up with quite a few variations. But for us, so I can set the table here, you know, modernization, even before COVID, and COVID is just adding aspects to modernization. But think about today, where many of us still have to work remote and we need to do that in a secure workplace. Even though we're at home, We still need to make sure we're connected and that we're able to share information and continue to collaborate. You know, what we did hear from clients is that collaboration, they're afraid that everyone being remote, it was going to suffer. But in today's world, there is a way to work remote and be secure and still keep collaboration high. And it's through software. And let's not forget, we have productivity. We all have those goals, right? to be as effective as possible, right? Gain those efficiencies. And to, to us, that's modernization, just table stakes. You know, Wally, when you start our, you know, strategy assessments, I know you keep that remote, secure mm-hmm. collaboration and productivity in the back of your mind, but we're also staying focused on that client's key differentiators in the marketplace. It's what makes them special? Most clients have special source, right? If not all of them. So we need to be mindful of that. So why don't you take us through when you're going through that technology strategy service that we provide?
2: Sure, sure. Uh, I mean to me, to me, when we look at our technology strategy and our assessments, what we really try to do is go through a current state, future state, and come up with some element that the the client is trying to solve for. And whether that be uh, simply uh, fixing a, a problem with a process, whether that be an entire systems roadmap, whatever we're trying to solve for, we use a very similar technique throughout our journey, which is current state, future state X, if you will. And this roadmap or process improvement or operations improvement or solve for not getting the information they need all of those things would go into what we would do if i just break down each of those sections just a little bit the current state what's very important is that we understand what the key stakeholders are trying to solve for we use a technique called customer journey which is essentially internal and external customers and it's the interactions if you will uh, of their of their day-to-day functions that ultimately lead to what what we pull together in our understanding for that current state And as we go through and understand system landscape, all of the integration points, what are your pain points, we solve and understand those pain points through this customer journey, through the interactions of folks in a day-to-day element, and try to identify and investigate areas where um, there's bottlenecks or they don't have the right information in front of them to make a a key decision. Um, All of those elements go into our current state. And as we As we think to solve for all those things, we spend some time in there, we try to understand, but we try to think about how a modernized solution might solve for those areas. And we help our customers uh, through uh, affectionately through the future state, which is all about alignment. The future state is now to take a desired outcome and a desired place that a customer wants to get to, And we work with them to understand where they are today from a maturity model and how they might get to where they want to go tomorrow. Which does not mean we buy a new system and we're automatically there. It means we have to consider people, process, technology, and data. And we have to consider the maturity model of a client. And then we solve and define what goes into that future state, how we're going to do it. What are the what are the elements that your the customer needs to do? What is the products that they need to purchase from a from a systems point of view? But all not only that, what are the people involved? And people tend to be the biggest uh, risk factor for the, our technology roadmaps, as we need to solve and understand where they're trying to get to. And I'll just close out quickly on on X. So X could be many things, you know, and a lot of times X is a roadmap and a roadmap most folks are, are understand and what what that really would be is you know how do we get from point A to point B? What we find based on the maturity maturity level of most of our customers, what we find is better is a series of phased um, projects that come out of that roadmap. So the ultimate roadmap would be everything modernization and likely is a three to five year journey and plan. Uh, but within that three to five years, there's multiple projects that make up a series of successful lives and functionality that can be deployed to the, to the company. And, and, I, and I think that's really the difference as we start to tie back to what the key differentiators are, understand how to modernize and how our customers are now working more remote, more secure, and increasingly putting pressure on how, how we collaborate to increase productivity and operations. Now, thanks for that, Joe.
0: I, yeah,
1: appreciate- I, I, I think, you know, the, you know, our audience today needs to know about some of Wally's secret sauce, right? I don't think you coined the phrase, otherwise we'd be paying you dividends. But the customer journey is so relevant, pre-COVID, post-COVID, okay? Because we will come out of this. If you take a step back, all good things come from happy customers, even our own personal life. And we're happy, okay? Good things, good things occur. So when you take this approach with our team and our, our, cust- uh, our client and you keep them customer-centric, we learn so much in this process, right, as you take them through that journey because it is a journey, okay, and people gravitate to it. And I'm going to talk a little bit later on about change management, but this is the beginning of it so we can watch the audience, right? We can see how people will engage or not engage. This is very important from the outset. And who never wants to be heard, right? So when you're there, people want you to understand what they have to go through in their day. So I think that's phenomenal. But again, that takes time. We don't try to boil the ocean. There's a phrase. There's a consulting phrase, right? We, we stay focused. We need to hear just enough. And you guys do a great job with that. And then we move on. And I love the whole idea of your parking lot. In those meetings, yeah, uh, why don't you why don't you describe that?
2: I think well, as we go through and understand, as we're working through the assessment parts and trying to get to um, a roadmap, a lot of times we're trying to solve for areas that are beyond the scope or are chasing, causing us to go down a rabbit hole. So we'll just simply use a parking lot technique, which is to park that information. Doesn't mean we walk away from it, but we park it for now so that we can get through some of the interactions. Remember what I said, the customer journey is really about the interactions between our internal and external customers. So many times as we go through that, all of a sudden we'll get to another process that is impacting that process. And it's very important to start and end the individual processes so that we can see all the touch points. So we'll use this technique to help us help us sort of on the strategy piece, but then help us on the selection. And I think that's a nice bridge to talk a little bit about selection once you have your strategy and roadmap. To me, the selection part, we treat it almost like a sales funnel. So what we'll do is we'll go through the strategy. We go, now we understand where your current state is, we understand where your desired outcome is, and we understand and hopefully have gained an alignment of what what that looks like. We understand your maturity model. And from there, there's a series of modernization tools and systems that we'll put in front of you. And those systems almost go through a funnel. So they start at the top, we go through, we do some online assessment, we work with you, we compare back to what we've learned. Then we get, you know, we, we work with the vendors to provide you know structured demos. And we love the art of the possible. Always try to consult with the vendor. Remember, the vendor's role, yes, they are there to sell, there's no question. And they and they do a very good job at that. But don't don't put put it so prescriptive when you go to get your um your your demos and your discussions with your vendors ask them what the art of the possible is let them put their sales hat on for a moment in time and help try to understand where their 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 system falls short where their system is it's where their system is is in fact, really, really strong and will help you. So as you understand your use cases, we take your use cases and walk through with that particular product, then we'll give them an art of a possible chance. And in the end, our customers select what the right tool is based on user and end user feedback. Um, I, I think that is is a key area um, that, that we help our customers sort of define. And of course, we'll help with contract negotiations and things like that, as we, we do lots of them. So we're able to help areas that you might see.
1: Yeah, just a point about the sales funnel so I can help con- for the audience connect what that really means, okay, on the selection process. So we'd, uh, we've been around a long time, I'll just say that. So we're walking in with a lot of knowledge. Wally, myself and other team members, right? And I think we've worked in many of the industries uh, that are in the marketplace. And based on what we're learning through the customer journey process, right? We already have knowledge to bring forward those solutions we think are gonna work. Because earlier Wally mentioned how we're gonna, we're gonna bring those vendors in the demo. What's different about with them? We're not gonna parade in vendors and vendors and vendors and waste time. We already have what I'll call is an informed bias. Meaning we understand the marketplace. We understand the ERPs, the CRMs, uh, or any other system, uh, PLMs that are going to bolt on, or I'm gonna bolt into e-commerce or other platforms. Because we've been doing so much of this work, We have a really good understanding, all right, and when we don't, when we shorten that sales funnel down to a number of vendors, that's when Wally and and Kim get in with the vendors and say, okay, now tell me the odd of the possible, right? Here's what you really didn't tell me enough about so that the time we're spending with our client is very laser focused, should be very productive, right, and help you to get to that conclusion. I think that was really important about the sales funnel, Wally. Yeah,
2: thanks for bridging that, I think. And that's, that's again, a great segue to bring Kim in here, because mm-hmm. I think as we get to the project, you know, so, so let's say we've solved for, you know, the current state, future state. We've solved for the modernization system. We've aligned the company. We've thought things through. We've worked through uh, a selection or an evaluation of a product. Uh, the company has now selected a product and we begin the discussion of what an implementation will look like. One of the key areas that there was two areas, uh, change management and project management. The first piece on the project management, I think, uh, you know Kim, I, I'd like to bring in here and talk a little bit about managing projects and some of the techniques that we use here at them
0: Sure. So as Wally said, we go through all these strategy interviews and we produce assessments and all that is well and good, but then we have to bridge that to really structuring what the next steps are and make it actionable. And then the way you do that is to bring in a project management function to make it actionable, to set expectations, as well as to continually guide the project according to the client's needs and the project's needs. So the way we set expectations early is by really adhering to a RACI model. And a RACI model basically assigns to a project who's responsible, who's accountable, who needs to be consulted and who needs to be informed. When you and you could take this to any scale. So it could be who owns a piece of the project as well as to individual action items, however granular you want to get. And when you set these ex- expectations with the client, you not only cover governance for yourself, but you make the client successful because they can borrow that framework going forward in future management of their own IT projects and business projects when with them is no longer there as the main implementer. The projects are already implemented, but the skill sets, the framework, the, the assets remain with them that they can leverage going forward. And project management, it may not be the main focus of an implementation in everyone's mind in terms of what the real goal is. Everyone's focused on getting that technology in place, getting operations working. But there's been a lot of documented research that shows when projects are not led, there's a high risk of failure. Um, And and the cost to mitigating that risk is far less than putting patches on on all the failures that will accumulate as a result of it. And in terms of project management, it's not even just as straightforward as monitoring or creating those action items. Um, It's really about adapting to the client's needs, the project needs. So it's how receptive the client is to incorporating that project management function. Do they have the resources on their end to really take more ownership of the implementation than Wytham would have, or not rather than Wytham would have, but more so that where with them wouldn't really need to step in as much or play a heavy role so it depends upon their resources their their capabilities do they just want to focus on execution of the project and let with them take over so it's really a mix and match but no matter how you mix and match it there's shared responsibility across the board project management on the client's end allows them to take ownership of the implementation and also establish that function going forward. Because in many cases, when an implementation is established, the IT department is more robust. They have to come up with their own processes for managing the system and managing the operations around them. And that project management piece is is an essential part of producing the change management almost. And I think that's where, Joe, I think you can speak to how change management plays a role in the implementation.
1: Absolutely, I mentioned about it earlier, but I just want to uh, pick up on one, th- a couple of things you said there, Kim, about project management. Because if I'm listening to this, so, you know, the person might be thinking this is totally administrative. Why do I need this role? And you clearly said to them, look, if you don't plan for this, you don't lead this project. It's well documented. Your projects will fail. It will take longer and you're going to spend more money. And those are th- those three, those are three strikes, right? That can't work. I want people to understand h- how valuable you are, right? As a project manager. There's an art to this. You are you and your client shared project manager are keeping everyone together. Imagine what happens when you keep everyone together. It's a very, very hard task, even in, in normal business operations. So that's an art and how you influence people. And I love that Racy model, right? Because for the most part, whoever's assigned to the project or not assigned to the project, they're gonna know about the project. And that's my segue here into change management. And so a quick, funny story. Um, I was working with an Italian company and I introduced the, the concept of change management and he came back to me, he says, but I don't wanna have to fire him. My managers and change them out. I said, no, 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 no. That's not what it's about. It's more about user adoption. So you're going to spend a bunch of money. You have a vision. We're hoping our client has a vision, right? Because that's what you're aiming to achieve. So therefore, in that vision, you're expecting a return on your investment. We sure hope you are. So in the beginning of our user adoption program, We want to make sure that that business vision is well understood. Now, business incorporates everything from my perspective, right? It's management, it's, it's the field, it's our technicians, it's our IT department, right? It's our legal, it's HR, it's the entire business. There's a vision as to why you're spending money. The sooner that vision is understood, right? It is so powerful because you're going to use that to continue to check on yourselves. And this is what rhythm does differently. I've seen, you know, other consulting firms just say, okay, I'm going to do your communication. We're going to make sure we're going to train your people. We have checkpoints along the way as we implement about that vision. Are we still going to achieve those goals that are going to help us with the ROI? So that's one key thing in our opinion about user adoption. And of course we're going to communicate, right? Of course we're going to have different aspects of training. The other key thing here in user adoption that I have found to be empirical is what we call job impact analysis. Early on, I mentioned when Wally was going through his strategy, we're picking up and listening to how people do their their job day in the life. So we're picking up on key aspects, and that's like a foundation. And as they, the client has chosen their system, now they're going to do things differently because this software is going to enable them to modernize. Now we have to pick up on those change elements. So in a job impact analysis, we go down to a person's job. And say so you used to do it this way using these tools. Now you're going to do it this way using these tools, understand the delta, so that when we train the people in that job role, job title, they exactly understand how to do their job. And this job impact analysis has helped to increase our user adoption on software projects and get that return on investment sooner than later. And there's always governance as part of our user adoption program, going back to Kim. She spends a lot of time with her client, co-project manager, because Withham does pride itself to make sure we're going to leave you in a far better place than we, when we first met and you would pay us the best compliment by letting us go, self-sustain yourself and pick up the phone and call us when you need us in the future. Versus consultants get a bad reputation, hanging around, you're always going to be there. With our user adoption program, it's meant for us to leave. We don't disappear, we just leave for a period of time to let you self-sustain. And I think when we put all this together with the project management and we started with strategy and we have our user adoption program, it makes for a really good outcome. And that's what our clients are telling us. What do you think there, Wally? And Kim, did I miss anything there? Go
0: ahead, Kim. I think no, I think you hit it right on the on the, the, all the points that really Wally was going over too, where he said that people was the most underestimated, but yet the most important factor to hit when we developed our strategy assessments. And then the mm-hmm. change management bridges the gap between that and even the project management. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if the people weren't involved, we probably wouldn't need the project manager. So all of that really solves for the, the people problem. And if you can resolve that, everything else will follow suit
2: yeah agreed kim i think that's that's an important piece and uh, you know as we go through it's interesting as we go through and talk to folks a lot of people are under resourcing projects and that they don't think of the back Fill of their current folks and they don't think of how much adoption may impact. So if people aren't using the brand new system that you purchased because you wanted to get it in quicker and they're not trained and therefore they can't solve to Joe's point, they can't get down to their job. Yesterday they were doing it like this. Today they got to do it like that. If you don't properly prepare them, then we didn't solve for the, pro- the people problem. And we tend to spend a lot of time talking about the people problem. The technology piece will sort itself out. It is really uh, getting the right information in front of folks so that they can make informed decisions and and move from there. So, Joe, I I thought you did. uh, I thought you nailed it. And thanks for sharing all that change management information with us, because I think it does tie together. uh, What I used to believe was light and fluffy as part of the project. I now believe and know from all of the implementations I've done that it is a significant piece to solving for the people challenge.
1: Yeah, I could agree with you more, Wally. I also felt many years ago this was light and fluffy when a client said to me, well, I got to cut, you know, here's your proposal and I can't spend this amount of money. And I said, okay, take out change management. Boy, was I young and naive to see now, fast forward 15, 20 years, the the value importance of this, okay? Always want to find an element to use user adoption because it's not an all or nothing there are ways to take aspects of what we do for user adoption and share it with you, our client, okay? And give you our, our knowledge, our, our capital. Say, here's the task. Here are the, here are the documents. Here's the templates. Here's what you need to do. Come back if you need some help. So we got that nice program where, you know, it's light support, medium support, and heavy support. As long as you have some sort of support there for user adoption, that's our key message here. With not just a technology project, it can be a process change project. Really important. Okay. I can close with that. And so hopefully, uh, listeners out there, this was helpful for, for you to invest some time with us. And clearly, there, there's ways to get back in touch with Wally Marcus, Kim Gordon, or Joe Ritchie. Thanks, and have a great
0: day. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be first in line to hear what's coming next. Don't want to wait for our next episode? Check us out at That's withum.com. That's w i t h u m.com.